0: This is the why we travel podcast, the podcast dedicated to those who want to explore the world on their terms. Each week, you'll hear from amazing travelers and experts sharing their best travel stories from the road. Listen to their unique travel experiences and get insider tips about their favorite destinations. Whether you're an experienced world nomad or just getting started, this podcast will inspire you, improve your travel skills change the way you travel, and motivate you to get out and see the world. Discover the art of independent travel and meet fellow travelers in our online community. Now, let's get into it with your host and world traveler, Claus Lauder. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Why We Travel podcast. Today, we will go to Australia. So not only a country, but a continent. So a bit of a bigger place there. And we want to get it from people who live in Australia to give us an overview of what you can do there and what you should see and do. So with me on the show, therefore, I have Lyle McCabe and his wife, Leanne. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper with them. They have traveled the world. They retired in 2019. You know what happened then? And as soon as they were able, they hit the international skies in 2022 and started to podcast a journal about their travels to share that with friends and family. And the audience grew and people were reaching out for help. So the podcast continued and their love of doing that as well. They have not only traveled the world, they also have a home, asset in Queensland in Australia, and that's where they are right now. And I want to welcome to the show right now. Hi, guys. How are you today? Good morning, Klaus.
2: Hi, Klaus. It's been great. Thank you.
1: You want to talk about Australia. I have been there. I love the country. It's massive. It's huge. Let's start. You're from there. Give us an overview of what makes Australia so special for foreigners.
0: What you're talking about, the size, it's 7.6 million square kilometers. It's got a coastline of 34,000 kilometers and its density is 3.4 people per kilometer, so it's big. That climate-wise goes from basically tropical up the north to down to Tasmania, which is really close to the South Pole, the second closest landmass to the South Pole.
2: So why should people come here? I guess that's a good reason because it's so big and it's so vast and there's so much to see. It is so big. And most people don't have the time to see it all. They probably tend to think they can, oh, we'll just drop into Sydney and then we'll head up to Cairns. And it's not that simple. depends on what your likes are. Like for us, we love wine regions, so there's a lot of those. And the beach, obviously, whether you want to surf or you want to scuba dive, or if you want to do hiking, we've got mountain ranges and national parks all over the place as well.
1: I think a good point that you mentioned, people underestimate the distances there, specifically travelers coming from Europe, where the next country is just around the corner they might have a problem figuring out how big Australia actually is. Now, what's the usual bits and pieces of the country where people start their journey in Australia? What really sticks out? What are the main tourist attractions?
2: People generally fly into Sydney. They want to head up to Cairns generally, or even up to Darwin, up sort of the Kakadu Northern Territory. But it seems that Sydney or Melbourne are the starting points of where people fly into, for sure. Yeah,
0: Sydney's obviously got the Sydney Harbour, the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and obviously the Opera House. Bondi and, Beach. And, and it is probably the nicest view of anywhere. We've...
2: In the city anyway. So yeah, it's,
0: yeah, it's brilliant. But as Lance said, you go up to Cairns and you've got the Great Barrier Reef. Now, that's 348,000 square kilometres B. We've been there quite a few times and we love to scuba dive. So that's a great holiday. Then you've got the great right, Morning range between New South Wales and Victoria. There's ski field. Um, we like to ski as well. So there's plenty to do. She said we love wine.
1: so <laughs> I think I want to touch on the point of a wine. So you have vineyards there. Is there a certain area where people go, where you will find the vineyards?
2: If you go back to the Sydney example, that's probably why I brought that up, is There's so much to see. If you were just coming to Australia for a short time, you could do a lot around that Sydney area. And probably the oldest wine region in Australia is about an hour and a half out of Sydney at the Hunter Valley. That's a beautiful spot. We particularly like one close to us in Queensland, which isn't that well known. It's the Granite Belt wine region and probably... We go down to Adelaide a bit. There's quite a few wine areas around Adelaide. That's in South Australia, the Barossa Valley, which a lot of people have heard of, and Adelaide Hills and Clear Valley. And one of our particular favourites is over in Western Australia, and that's where lyle got family over there. So we get over there a bit, and they make a lot of premium Australian wines, and that's Margaret River.
0: Margaret River. As far as Barossa Valley, that's very influenced by Germany. They settled there, and they were the ones that started the... Brought their
2: vineyard, their grapevines.
0: Yeah, so we also, we've Tasmania, which is only a small state, but for Leanna for us, it's our favourite region for wine in Australia. It's a very cool climate Mm. and which obviously helps the grapes. And it's also, it's a small island, so you've got the ocean all around it that keeps the the temperatures, the right temperatures. And also over in Western Australia, you're talking about Margaret River, That's
1: right on the coast as well, that one region, so yeah. Hmm. Now, how do I travel within Australia? Is there any preferred kind of transportation that you would say?
2: Depending on how far you want it to go. Definitely our trains and buses are okay. However, they take such a long time. So I would definitely either hire a car in the local region you're in, or if you're going to several cities, definitely want to fly domestically. From Sydney, another place people like to get to which isn't quite so far, is the Gold Coast region. We're sort of just north of Brisbane in Queensland on the Sunshine Coast, which is becoming more and more popular. I think a lot of people have probably heard of Noosa, Noosa Heads. It's a popular beach area and that's very close to us here. So there's a lot of domestic airports and easy to fly around Australia that way.
1: If you love beaches, Australia should be your number one pick. Yeah. (laughs) No, I totally agree. I have been to Noosa Beach and I can vouch for that. It's an (laughs) awesome area and the beaches are great. Now, are there any kind of hidden jewels or treasures from the side of a local that you would recommend along the East Coast?
2: Yes, there certainly is. Once again, if you're starting that base in Sydney, if you hire a car and you head north, I think a lot of people have heard of Byron Bay. That's just one small beach area between Sydney and Queensland border. That northern New South Wales beach areas, there's places like. Brunswick Heads, Yamba, Ocean Shores, Kingsplift. Nambucca. Nambucca, Harbour Hotel. So anywhere along on the beach, north of, say, Newcastle, which is about an hour north of Sydney, anywhere north of that up to the Queensland border is very underutilized and as beautiful as Byron Bay, if not even nicer, yeah.
0: And then obviously you just keep on going up north. From Noosa then it just goes up to Airlie Beach, or Douglas, and that's getting more into the
1: tropical areas. That's oh, secret, though. No, they're, not, no, they're <laughs> not that secret. It's magnificent. Okay. Now, your locals, normally I would ask, how are the locals? You are locals, so the question doesn't really apply here. But I have experienced Australians as very laid back, very easy to deal with, very open. What would your recommendation for a foreigner to your country, to Australia, how to approach locals? What's the best style, put it that way?
2: You know, imagine we come across as pretty relaxed and laid back.
1: For me, I'd probably say an
0: example of this is how Leanne and I approach it when we were overseas. Yeah. I'd reverse it depending what bar we're in and probably how many glasses of wine. We generally just go up and I'll say to Leanne, do you want to make a new friend today? (laughs) And we'll just look around the bar and we just go up and say, hi, we're from Australia. Yeah. And I'd say exactly the same yeah, I think if I was a friend, because people would be intrigued. They wouldn't be offended. They'd be, you'd have a new friend straight away. And that's what we found yeah. all over the world.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Just going up and saying, hi, I'm Klaus, I'm the oldest digital nomad and so that you'll ever meet. We are very isolated here. Our cities are very multicultural, but when it comes to the regional areas, we don't see a lot of overseas travellers. Go and say hi.
0: Yeah,
1: and buy them a drink, you've got okay. it for life. Say g'day. I agree, yeah. Question in regards of food. Obviously, traveling and food goes very well together, and in every country there is something to explore when it comes to the cuisine. What are specialties that you would recommend to try out food-wise while you're in Australia?
2: You would have to say fresh seafood. We just have such a huge coastline. We have an abundance of fresh fish or ocean fish, and obviously prawns and the calamari and those sorts of things. We do grow a lot of produce as well. So, any of the tropical fruits in season, the mangoes and lychees and those sorts of things, is definitely what we'd recommend. I think. One of the things to do when you come to Australia, which people love to do is, and they see everyone doing, and even the Australians do it, is you go and get what we call takeaway fish and chips. You go and sit on a picnic bench somewhere and the ocean or in a park and you have fish and chips, which is a pretty nice thing to do.
0: I think probably too in the last probably decade, I've noticed that The chefs are going more for very much Asian fusion. I particularly love that, including seafood, pork, all sorts of different styles of meats because it's so plentiful here. Your beef and everything is just unbelievable, beautiful. I love lamb as well. You can't go past the old... Beachside barbecue too.
2: Yeah, that's true. We do that every time we have family around. We we don't sh- chuck a shrimp on the barbie. We do put a snag or two on there. <laughs> <dinner>. <laughs> Sausage. Sausage. Yes. But one of the things people might not know about Australia, Klaus, is that we've got a pretty big breakfast culture. We love to go out for breakfast and probably even more so than dinner. Like in the cities, people go out a lot for dinner, but we're not so much here. But there's nothing unusual about meeting someone for breakfast. And we love, with a real coffee culture as well, so... Obviously, the smashed avo on toast is a big thing.
1: Okay, you no, know, it sounds very tasty. <laughs> one question that I have: you have a very unique animal kingdom there. Everyone knows kangaroos and whatsoever. So where do you need people to go to see Australian animals?:
2: We have a few different places. Obviously, we're very close to a stray zoo, and I think a lot of people um, have heard of the stray zoo because of Steve Irwin, the crocodile guy. And uh, you can see lots of Australian animals there, and you can actually walk through, which I do with one of my, with two of my little grandkids that live up here. There's an enclosure where you can actually put your hand out with the feed and they come up and eat out of your hand, the little wallabies and kangaroos, which is really special. We have recently been to Tasmania, as we mentioned before, and even though they're not exclusive to Tasmania, they're my favourite animal are the wombats. They're just these great big teddy bear things. And I don't know if you saw any when you were here, you can go out and do a nighttime tour and they're wandering around the grass. And there's Maria Island where you can just wander around and they're just everywhere. You're driving from one place to another. You're probably likely to see kangaroos anyway, aren't you? Cradle
0: Mountain, probably in that small area. In Tasmania. In, in yeah. Tasmania. And it was all really unique. The echidnas, the platypus, the wombats. But I think the other place to go, which is up north, is Takadu. And there's a lot of crocodiles, but there's a lot of other tropical animals. And it's just amazing.
2: But we've been places like Agnes Waters, which is a few hours north of here. And we're just walking from our beach place to the beach. And there's a little echidna digging a hole. Or where I used to live, a place a bit further north called Woodgate Beach, which is quite isolated. I'd take my dog for a walk as the sun was rising, and there'd be a group of 40 kangaroos just playing playing in the water. The wildlife is abundant, especially when you're out of the cities, for sure.
1: And there is the occasional snake.
2: But we won't go there.
1: There's this notion worldwide that everything in Australia tries to kill you, but I can watch for it. It's not true. A little bit on the budget side. How much budget need to people bring to survive in Australia.
0: It's not cheap.
2: But when you have the conversion rate, to book a unit on the beach in off-season, so if you don't come in the school holidays, you probably get something for around the $1,500 Australian money. And that's for a week in a two-bedroom apartment with beautiful ocean views. For us, eating food going out is not cheap.
0: We just got back from Mexico. We went on $100 Australian a day. yes. For each of us, so that's 200. I'd say it'd be more like four to 500. And that's to go to nice restaurants and
2: Australia, Australia uh, dollars. Yeah, Australian yep. dollars. Yeah.
0: But see, the wages here are so good. We were told that a lot of the international backpackers come here because their casual wages are so high here. That they so they build up so that they can go to other countries and then they come back all because of that. Our social security system is fabulous as well,
2: and our medical system is yeah. good. But to come back to how much it is, obviously, we're not budget travelers and we're not total luxury ta- travelers, so there are people that backpack around Australia. Very cheaply, as Lyle said, there's lots of seasonal work, there's lots of backpacker hostels, there's lots of places to buy food and cook it yourself. But if you were going to come for a few weeks, stay in nice accommodation and eat out all the time, yes, you're probably looking at figure that Lyle was talking
0: about. Well, I just thought then, I think probably $500 is too much. I think I found Paris very similar prices to what Australia was, which was about 400 a day, whereas say London was double that. Makes perfect sense.
1: Before we come to the end of the episode today, where are your next travel plans taking you? We're
2: excited. Can you guess? We're off to Italy.
1: Okay, awesome.
2: And that's what we do. We're just going to Italy. That's how we like to travel, just a week in each place, just walk out the door and say which way we're going today and just see what we encounter.
1: That's the best approach. Where can people Mm -hmm. find out more about you and your travels?
2: They can find us at our website, which is www.beachtravelwine. We've got our podcast there as well. But if you are a podcast listener, which obviously they are because they listen to you, Klaus, we can be found Beach Travel Wine on any of the podcast platforms. We've got a lot of Australian episodes, and we're going to be podcasting as we travel around Italy.
1: And we've done a lot in Spain.
2: Yes, a lot of Spanish episodes as well.
1: Okay, excellent. I will put the links in the show notes, and you're just one click away. And hopefully, a lot of people Thanks. will join you on the podcast. Lyle Ian. Thanks so much for your time. It was really enjoyable to learn more about Australia. And I hope a lot of visitors will pack their suitcases and come down under.
2: And come and say good day.
1: Absolutely. Makes sense. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hey, Klaus here. Before you leave, I have a question. Are you a traveler? Do you have a favorite travel destination or favorite travel experiences that you would like to share with the world? Then become a guest on the Why We Travel podcast. Simply message me and I will get you all the details. For becoming interview guest and then we take it from there. That's it for now. I see you in the next episode and have a great day.